Everyone, on this episode of the Tea Time with Tyler podcast, we are going to be diving into movies. We decided to set aside a normal episode and give you all a series on film. And we'll probably be doing this for the foreseeable future on and off uh, intermittently with the regular podcast. So I hope you guys are ready for some movie stuff. So the first thing that we decided to do was a series on Richard Kelly, who is a very young director who started out in his early 20s, uh, straight out of film school, directed Donnie Darko. It was a cult hit, so he got to do his next movie, with this, which is Southland Tales, and that is one of the most bonkers movies I've ever seen. And um, his last movie was, I think, in 2008, 2009, and it was The Box, and it was his last movie. Um, now, my movie friends have a theory that his movies are actually all connected, even though if you uh, looked at them from the outside, you would never know that. So they came to me with this idea for Richard Kelly. He only has three movies. He hasn't done anything in about a decade. And so we're going to do the three Richard Kelly movies that exist. And um, they're or they're going to explain to me how they're connected. We also wanted to make something that you could listen to while you were watching the movie. And so this isn't just going to be you know, a, f- a film series on the podcast. It's it's going to be a commentary that you can actually watch and listen to the episode, and we'll give you cues for that. So we're going to release three episodes. Each one is going to be for a different movie. You can listen to them alongside the movie. And um, yeah, so if there's silences in between, you know, just bear with us. We're we're watching the movie and talking, and we've never really done anything like this before, so it's kind of our first try, and I, I think we did a really, really good job. I'm really excited for everyone to listen to it and let us know what they think. And if you ever have any movies or directors that you think might be a good fit for us to talk about on this podcast, let us know. Or if you want to be involved in any part of the movie aspect of this podcast, including being on the podcast, let me know. But I think that's it. This is just a preface to the first episode, which is going to be The Box. We go in chronological order, and that's for the time periods of the movies. The Box takes place in the 70s, Donnie Darko takes place in the 80s, and Southland Tales takes place in the 2000s. Um, So yeah, we're going to start with The Box, starring Cameron Diaz and James Marston, and this is what we thought about it. Have fun! Out and just look at the trending YouTube without a personalized <laughs> algorithm, and it's like Will Smith's channel is like, here the premiere of the Aladdin trailer was on his YouTube, <laughs> and it's like, like Will, I don't need you to explain this trailer. Okay, so everyone find the position you want to sit in. <clears throat> All right, so are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Live at the Aviary Cinema. Welcome to the new segment of the Tea Time with Tyler podcast that's focused on movies. We're gonna watch the series 
in what we believe is chronological order. So it's going to be The Box, Donnie Darko, and then Southland Tales. And we are watching the DVD release, all three, um, and the Donnie Darko theatrical cut. If you're a director's cut fan only, I understand, but we gotta go with the public, and we held a vote. <laughs> it was just the four of us, and we're watching the theatrical cut. So, I'm Tyler, this is Jenna. Hi. And Dylan. Hey. And Connor. Hello. And we're going to watch Richard Kelly's three movies. So we don't really have a theme yet about um, directors. We kind of just wanted to focus on Richard Kelly first because we were all so excited about talking about a director that we all really liked. Richard Kelly has had a weird career. I poised that they're a trilogy, personally. A trilogy, and why is that? A, there's a definite timeline. B, there's reiteration of incredibly unique symbols throughout all three movies, specifically the philosophy of time travel. And so that's uh, that, that'll be my starter pack okay. for why it's a trilogy. All right, so we're going to start with The Box. It stars Cameron Diaz and James Marsden, I believe. Came out... In the 2000s. Came out in the 2000s. After uh, Donnie Darko. After Donnie Darko. I don't Frank, know why I'm repeating you. The Frank Lagella's Lagella Lagella. Frank Lagella. Last yeah. movie? Last film, right? Yeah, I think Last so. Last shot, yeah. So yeah, at this point, if any of you nerds want to listen to the movie with our commentary, we are going to watch the movie all the way through and talk to you throughout. So we're going to start with the box, and if you want to, we are hitting play on the DVD player. We are pressing play on the... Uh, MPAA blue screen. <laughs> so uh, if you want to pause it, assuming you already have it paused and queue up, we're on the we're pressing the play button. And Even so though you, you just found out about this. Yeah, you're watching at your parents' house. You scrambled to get all Everybody your stuff get together. Your, uh, your DVD of the box out. You can't wait to find out what's in the box. What's in the box? All right, we're at the Warner Brothers intro wavy scene. In a, in a interesting, almost like Batman Begins, right, or something, the safety of tone here. Yeah, they didn't change the intro from Batman Begins for about ten years, it was really weird. Fuck, I think I put in Batman Begins, actually. Oh. This is now a podcast on Batman Begins, and <laughs> Donnie Darko, and Southland Tales, and seeing and, if there's a connection between the three. And the box is based on a Richard Matheson uh, episode of The Twilight Zone. And he apparently oh. wrote a bunch of uh, Twilight Zone episodes, and I'm pretty sure he wrote um, I Am Legend, maybe? Okay. I hope so. That's a wonderful thing. Um, I know he's a big sci-fi writer. Yep, I Am Legend, Nightmare of 20,000 Feet from Twilight Zone, Duel, What Dreams oh, May Come, Stir of Echoes. Wow. So this guy has done pretty much all of his stories, short stories and stuff like that have been turned into uh, multiple movies and TV shows. Yeah. So maybe we can talk real quick about the last time we saw this film, maybe the first time we saw yeah, it. Yeah, I've, I've only ever seen it once, so this is going to be interesting. I um, don't remember a whole lot about it, so I'm excited to rewatch it again with everyone and kind of uh, see the, the connections that, that you, you all have been seeing. Um, because I, I, I honestly can't, like, I can't really think about how these films would be connected, but I, I'm excited to find out. 
So what was the text that we got on the screen? Oh, no one knows. I don't know. I stopped paying attention. <laughs> Something about a military base. They explain, I think, the start of the project. Okay. It's a, July 24th. A memorandum, is that what you call it? Like, yeah. it's a memo from the NSA to some sort of unknown body. Um, uh, the only thing, only alphabet uh, agency they named is the NSA. Um, and uh, I think it goes by so fast, and it's really technical. It's just dates... Uh, places Locations. and times, Arlington, and then we get the Virginia 1976 title card. Well, also, um, all three of these movies take place in Virginia. I just I, want to point oh, that right. out. I did not oh, know that. Plans in, it's in Texas and L.A. I thought it was in Washington, D.C., no? No, no, it's in L.A. I mean, I think that there's some cuts, because we don't really know where the uh, the headquarters of U.S. Ivan is. It's somewhere, yeah. somewhere else, and so the opening of this film, too, kind of starts us out and talking about this being well at least for us it'll be a seven hour uh, endeavor uh, Jenna when was the last time you saw the box oh right that was what we were talking about um the last time I saw it was probably about I watched it around Christmas as a Christmas film as a Christmas film <laughs> um and the first time I watched it was actually when Dylan told me that Richard Kelly had two other films and they were <laughs> the box and Southland Tales and that was like maybe five years ago and so it was it was interesting to have had Donnie Darko as my favorite film for maybe five years at that point, and then to just find out, oh wait, there's two more movies, oh wait, they're super related. So it was a delight. Someone just dropped off a box on Cameron Diaz's porch and they're freaking out, obviously, because that's weird. Their son has almost the same haircut as the dad. I'm not yeah, what, sure what it means yet. This is the 70s? Yeah. I don't even think I caught that the, the first time I watched it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I was just like, why is everyone dressed differently than they would be in real life? But now I know that it's because it's the 70s and it was a different time. Connor, when did you actually watch The Box? Um, just recently uh, I watched The Box, but to be honest, I was only half paying attention until about uh, halfway through... Uh, and that's when I really started paying attention. So, so we really got people from all different positions for this movie. So yes, that's great. Yes. Yes. It's a really cool way to start uh, with like some experts and then some not experts. Yeah, it's a full panel. Yeah. Is there any similar device like this in the other two films? The sort of it just looks really familiar to me from the word go. Um, and mostly in Southland Tales, that they have all these small little, almost trinkets that they use to do, yeah. you know, uh, technology throughout is always the first thing I see in the beginning of the films, and this is a movie about technology, a movie series about technology. Yeah. yeah we should get the, sorry, subtitles. No. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, I think Darko is the only one that's really missing a lot of technology. I think Donnie is the technology, but we can get into that later. Yeah. Um, it's a really pretty title title card. It is. The the aesthetic choices made in all of these films are very <laughs> very memorable. They very stick with me. Like the the Richard uh, Richard Kelly has such a unique lens. Yeah. And I didn't want to sound fancy when I said that. But you did. I mean, the only film that reminds me of The Box is Eyes Wide Shut, probably. I feel that sure. real silly saying that every time I see it, but there is something going on, I think, with not only Kubert's uh, uh, 
aspirations, the mastery of actually composing it, but the story as well spooks me like Eyes Wide Shut or some of you know, The Shining or something. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot of one character being in the middle of a frame with something else kind of surrounded by them. Like, that's something that makes me think of Kubrick that I see in yeah. Richard Kelly films is, like, how Cameron Diaz was just standing in front of the door saying, I'm 35, I'm not old. And then, you know, there's, like, the kid in the rug and The Shining, just, like, solo <laughs> character, empty space, we're but that's full of something. Some minutes in the film begins, we're already comparing The Shining within five minutes. Like, yeah. So, I, w- I want her neckerchief. Yeah. So that's, you know, Frank's car, right? Yeah. It's a different, I wonder if it's the same model, because it seems to be just a different shade. Because, you know, it's red and dark out. Right. But the car is featured really heavily in both. There's a lot of driving in this trilogy in general, because yeah. The Rock's character has a, uh, a fucking Batmobile thing that he yeah. drives around a lot during the finale. <laughs> I wonder if they're all Corvettes. Uh, Charlie, do you know, do you know if this film made any money? Uh, what if, what can, was the release like? I can because check right now. Um, the box is a. Uh, it's a 2009 film, by the way, because we couldn't remember this. It actually made three million dollars, so it's not a lot. But they did make their money back. There was a budget of thirty million, and it made thirty-three point three million. So they definitely saw a profit. Um, it didn't do outstanding, but Ooh. didn't lose the money. So it's interesting that I don't think he made a film after this. Did he? Um, no, he's all. Not only did he not make a film after the box, as far as I know, he hasn't collaborated on anything and done only a couple interviews. And one of them, the most recent one, he said he had an outline for something he referred to as uh, a sequel to Donnie Darko. Okay. Um, because the only project Richard Kelly, Richard Kelly, uh, you know, directed these three pictures, and then he wrote the Tony Scott film, um, uh, not Hazard. It's with Karen Knightley. She has super short hair. It's oh, Domino. Domino. Domino, and then he wrote the first draft for Holtz, the oh, Disney right. picture. Which I Tyler did Bob. hear that, and that's amazing, like, that Richard Kelly almost had something to do with Holtz. Or, I mean, or yeah. did, if he wrote the first draft. But it's online. You can read it. Uh, it's, is it different? It's bananas. It's a hard <laughs> R rating. He, the script that you can find online, as far as we know, because Kelly has talked about the script being available and saying fans go read. Yeah. He's always been very involved in fan sites and fan projects. And, you know, I would I would imagine maybe he gave the whole script to one of these old GeoCity sites, you know, because it's bananas. I mean, yeah. it features a box, uh, a button that people find, kids find in the middle of the woods that triggers some sort of EMP attack. And why the Shia LaBeouf character, uh, which who knows if he was cast at this right. phase, uh, he uh, goes through the same experience he does in the Disney film we have, yeah. but instead of like you know regret about a pair of shoes, it's seeing people's heads explode and nightmares about his sister being stabbed to death, and so it's a whole different wow. uh, you know different kind of picture. Where uh, it's almost like he wrote it knowing there's no way someone yeah. could do this, but um, I think there's a lot of similarities between that film and what we eventually got here in the box. Also, um, why? Dread. So they just showed Cameron Diaz's foot. Why? Because it, and it's a, a theme throughout the whole movie. Everyone yeah. talks about her foot, and I wonder what the significance of that is. Because that's it. Later becomes like a bonding moment for her and the man with the box. Is she's like, 
you know, he's like, wow, you're actually, like, kind of nice to me. You don't look at me like I'm gross. And she's like, well, yeah, people think I'm gross because my toes are missing. Yeah, Jenna, I think there, in all three movies, there's a theme of physical deformities. Yeah. What's, what's Donnie's? Well, so we have the foot and then half-face man, and then we get Frank's eye, right, at the end True. of Durko. Yeah. Donnie is the only character I'm aware of that has any psychiatric mm-hmm. evaluation or any sort of mental illness that's validated by an authority figure, yeah. which I would think True. would be his his thing. And, you know, and then in Southland Tales, we have we the doubles, but... A hand being severed in Southland Tales. Oh, and it's really? also the eye in Sean William Scott's character at the end, yeah. where he finds the it's the eye is the same like technology too like whatever I don't to do with that yeah. I don't know how to describe it but like uh, just the his little swirly like eye thing that he does with characters is present in at least Donnie Darko and Southland Tales because the messed up eye that Frank has and the messed up eye that Sean William Scott has are the same like yeah. to I, me they look the same that's what clicked with me finally when that shot in Darko in the in the first in the first by the middle of the first act where they zoom in on the jet engine and it has that red swirl in the right. center and they linger it's on it's the that, same swirl it's, that is the swirl yeah. I think because that shot always scared me but yeah. seeing it it's like okay so you've answered that there's a connection but what the fuck does a jet engine have to do with Frank Frank and Sean William Scott's right. informant you, apparently you have to you have to there's something going on with sacrifice and killing somebody while you're in the time space or influence of the yeah. technology yeah specifically the time space component because Frank's injury is representative of the time space yeah you see Frank's eye before you know Frank is shot in the eye you know that's one of the last things you see in Donnie Darko and the jet is technically the vessel that creates the portal in the first place which is what's implied by his science teacher when he's like, well, you know, he's like, like a spear coming out of your chest? And the teacher's like, well, yeah, something has to travel incredibly fast to, like, oh, literally sure. open a portal. Sure. Um, and so in Donnie, I guess that does, re- that is, to me, what would be the technology in Darko is, is that jet engine either being the ripping of a, a tangent universe and opening a new portal or the end of the manipulated dead just dawning. And I think because you think, you know, obviously in the box and Southland Tales, water is represented in a much more controlled fashion than it is in Darko. Mm Because Darko is kind of this magical quality, which is possibly Kelly working through his ideas and moving from magic to tech. Because this film features that quote quote by Arthur C. Clarke constantly of the, you know, high uh, technologies indistinguishable from magic. I think it's the thesis of the trilogy. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, uh, in Southland you have the blip and you have the the creation of the time warp, which is fluid karma. Yeah. And uh, I think when we see, even I think the reason they're in such an intense chronological order to some degree is to show the loops, because it only appears to be chronological. Because right. Darko still seems to me like an accident. Yeah. Well, these two films are about harnessing, controlling the people behind mm-hmm. the technology. But Darko is just like a fluke. Yeah. You know? It maybe causes the rips that we see here um, in both other films. True. Maybe the original uh, tear, you know? Yeah. And all of this is trying to fix that tear any way they can. I'm sure it took many, many times. Um, maybe the order they came out in is the actual order of events if you were to look at one yeah, we linear fucked this up. I don't know. We fucked up the order. Yeah. We, fucked up we the went for the literal. Oh, no. We fell into the trap.
So James Marston, uh, Cameron Diaz's husband, works for NASA? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Trying to figure out how to get to Mars. And somehow they're living paycheck to paycheck. That's the one <laughs> thing I don't get. Like, I know teachers definitely don't make enough. I get that. But homeboy at NASA, what's what's the holdup on that? He's paycheck? spending all his cash on making that foot prosthetic for Cameron Diaz. Um, yeah, that's what he's working on the whole film is making that foot. But uh, he can't give up the Corvette. Yeah, he's not, he's not, I just say he was a good husband. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just say he's worth the money. money. Maybe he got the cord that handed down. Yeah, yeah, it was his dad's, for sure. Maybe they won it in a game show, like Wheel of Fortune. He won the Corvette. Yeah. So he's been paying taxes on it the whole time. That was easier to do back then. Uh, what do y'all feel about this this makeup here, this CG makeup effect the, on his face? The CGI hole? Yeah. I think it looks fine. Um, I think for me, personally, it's a little too... It's I'm getting, like, the Uncanny Valley thing. Like, it... Yeah. For, it I mean, I know it's supposed to be unsettling, but it just, I can see the, I almost would would have appreciated practical effects more probably. Definitely. I don't think it would have been that hard to do either. I'm not really no. sure. It's possible there is a prosthetic there, and then they kind of just fucked it up, you know? And I feel like there's a lot of, I think in all of Kelly's films you see, you know, fixes and like last minute, I mean, Southland Tales is full of unfinished, unrendered visual effects and mm-hmm. the Trier commercials and the, the mega blip, all that stuff is supposed to be. And, he's, and Richard Kelly's very... Um, open about talking about these these things. You know, well, have the new three different studios to get one effect right. Right. And I don't think he's afraid to have things look a little bit off. Like yeah. David Lynch's uh, visual effects are always criticized for being corny or like um, old, older looking, like an older looking version of uh, CGI. And I think Richard Kelly does a similar thing, like we were talking about with the ice world, that it, um, I don't think that he, yeah, either it was a budget issue or he, he's doing it on purpose. Like, he might, like, just the, maybe it's supposed to look like something you haven't really seen before, because you're right, it, there's something weird about it that I can't really put in any other movie. I love this stuff here with the effect. I don't cut back to it here in a, in a moment where he kind of does it right there, where you don't see yeah. it more. That effect to me is, I mean, this is when I, you know, when I hadn't seen this film for a couple of years and came back to it, this is the effect and really the whole vibe that stuck with me is that, that shape and that figure, you know. It's um, so unique. Yeah, it is. It might have been why they had to do the CGI, though, because for them to do that, they pretty much have to make that part of his face green, right? Yeah. So that they can green screen it out pretty much. So at that point, a real prosthetic would be difficult. So he basically had Frank Langella walking around with, like, a green, like, (laughs) a friggin' uh, piece of paper stuck to his face or something. Prosthetic. We're being off... we're, We're being told, like... Here is what the button in the box will give you. Uh, they're being offered one million dollars if they press this button in a box. And what's the? Has he like laid down any catches yet? Not yet. Okay, because I do remember a catch. I don't remember what it is. I. It's such a unique idea to to have someone just agree to something um, 
that just seems so ridiculous. I think Cameron Diaz sells this picture in a way that is remarkable. Kind of how Drew Barrymore saves yeah. on the dark note for me. You know, I think Kelly knows these strong performers and, and goes for them first. And I think Cameron Diaz, I remember... He, he knows how to use people in a, in a way they haven't been used before for movies. I'm glad someone, you know, people are still giving Diaz work. I mean, she's remarkable. And I think she's, this is one of my favorite roles she's in. And I think, I remember early on reading criticism uh, when the film came out about her performance, but I just don't think people know what they're looking at. Period, you know, uh, the intention of it. They were confused by the movie and then blamed the actors for not acting out the point of the movie more. But I mean, Richard Kelly talks about that. That's an important thing. He he wants an open endedness to a lot of what you can interpret in the film. The inverted NASA there. It's really interesting. And as much as uh, you both have pointed out, like uh, stuff that's similar in all of the the three movies that he made um there's there also have like there's there's a lot of stuff that feels similar and then there's a lot of stuff that makes them all completely different genres yeah like I don't feel the same way watching this movie that I do when I watch Southland Tales like it's no. completely different there's a musical number in Southland Tales like. yeah <laughs> There's no reason why anyone who is a fan of Darko should like this film. No. It is so... I mean, and not saying that, you know, people that love Donnie Darko aren't always people that give a fuck about cinema. And that's the power of Darko and the power of a great film is that they watch it because they love it. And so to think about, you know, I mean, Southland, just, I mean, it's such an inaccessible film, I feel, unless you're... You, you know the genre type. Same yeah. with the box, where it just feels silly. I think, as opposed to how much Twilight Zone have you watched? Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's such a patient, slow film. It takes its time, but I think it delivers. You know, but I think it's a, you know, it's a perception as being a boring film, which most of what I hear from people, they got thirty minutes and turned it off or whatever. It's like, well, that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I yeah, um, I've I've tried to watch. Uh, Southland Tales with people before and they're just like I don't think I can do this yeah. and I'm like it's okay it's fine if it was a different movie maybe I'd be like bummed out but this is the one movie where I, I legit understand where people check out yeah, yeah the sure. artifice of all three of them are quite different mm-hmm. uh, all the stylistic choices I feel like Donnie Darko and The Box have a very similar heaviness mm-hmm. to them that Southland Tales doesn't they're more psychological thriller than Southland Tales is. For it's, sure. Southland Tales is very epic and big. Mm-hmm. Speaking of using actress as well, Sarah Michelle Gellar in Southland mm-hmm. Tales <laughs> is so good. And it was almost like he just knew she was being misused oh, yeah. totally. so frequently that it bothered him. And The Rock as well. Yeah, uh, totally. He just knew those two actors were being like not used correctly and gave them something that they've never done before or since. Yes, The Rock is quite incredible. Yeah. And he straight up says, like, I have no idea what this movie is. <laughs> I, I, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it. There's great interviews with him on that Southland Tales featurette where uh, The Rock is just saying how much fun it was to make and how much he, and you see video footage of Kelly whispering into The Rock's ear oh before, and it's like, hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah, Richard yeah. Kelly, like, cool. Because, I mean, I, to say that The Rock is inseparable from Southland Tales or any film, for that matter, in my 
it's pretty a, it's a bizarre claim it's yeah. a because I can't imagine Southland Tales without I mean which maybe it's the weakest part of this film to me is I think the cast is really really good but I think it's just there's something missing for me in James Madsen's performance here which is not to fault him he's a bizarre character right. um, but every time I just I, I check out yeah. when he's on screen um, especially up up against Cameron Diaz's yeah. acting for sure well in intention we know Cameron Diaz's intention and and it's kind of easier to understand what's motivating her and for him, it's like, wait, do you care or not? Are you frustrated or not? There's just some kind of, it's never. So, what's oh. he dealing with at work? Like, what's the what's the issue? We know Cameron Diaz is dealing with freaking button issues because a weird man showed up to her door and asked her to press a button <laughs> uh, and offered her a million dollars. But what's what's he kind of going through at work? He's not going to the moon is what happens. He's trying to go to the moon to eventually get to Mars. He wants to be an astronaut, right? Okay. And they just kind of demote him to this, like, sort of like when they move the cop off the beat and he just does the paperwork or yeah. the right. evidence cabinet. They move him to a... Uh, he's just a scientist. He's just a regular guy, a quasi-managerial position that doesn't exist, is what he quoted back to them. Turn in your badge and gun. But it yeah, was exactly. like, he's a scientist, so it's like, turn in your beakers and yeah, totally. chemicals. Stop working on that foot. <laughs> So, I can't remember. Do they have the box for a limited amount of time? They said until 24 hours. 24 hours. Okay, that's So, right. right now, he said, you have by 5 p.m. the next day to decide. Okay. And, and the caveat is that if you press the button, you will get a million dollars. However, a person that you don't know somewhere will die. And so he's kind of given them this uh, big moral dilemma it's like it seems like it's almost like um, like a fable or something. Right. A morality tale. Yeah, totally like an Aesop fable. Aesop, yeah, sure, sure. Um, two things always here for me in this house, and it gets into James Madison's topic. Uh, this their house is full of these golden circles, mostly inside of the kitchen, and it reminds me a lot of when you see uh, Neo going to the source. Reloaded Revolutions, a depiction of, sure. and it kind of being the decision room, um, and linking that to the time frames. Like, what's it in, in Dark of the Six Days? 20. Oh, it's 28 hours. days. 28 days, yeah. Um, seven hours, something like that. Like, these, these times being exact for a purpose, a 24 hour kind of thing, you know? Yeah. That's when the box works. Um, what happens when you push the button? What happens when you press it an hour too late? Everything just turns into rubber. Yeah. And a, uh, what's her name? Gillian Jacobs. Random cameo. Yeah. I never know if it's Gillian or Jillian, and I think it's different for all of them. Yeah. Is it Gillian Anderson or Gillian? Gillian Anderson. Okay, sure. Gillian Anderson. I'm pretty sure she's Gillian Jacobs. Okay, I believe it. <laughs> you this peanut butter in the middle of the frame? <laughs> so weird. You got it. Someone <laughs> had to pay for the film. Someone know? had to, or did Richard Kelly have to pay a hundred grand for Jeff? Oh, it's like, big yeah. peanut Jeff butter. Like we would love to promote the box. Big peanut butter, cut him in check. Because <laughs> nobody else would yeah. besides big peanut butter. The front door of that auditorium had no exit on the front of the door. So, of Richard Kelly's three films, though, this was the last one he did. Yeah. I just I think that's interesting because Southland Tales only made like three hundred thousand dollars at the box office. It made nothing. 
Uh, yeah, this is a really interesting moment there at uh, a play or the opera. Something. Um, that felt like very David Lynch to me to go see a performance in a, in a movie. Yeah. Um, well, he's constantly, const- David Lynch constantly has live performances of uh, all kinds in his movies. Yeah. Jenna, I like how you brought up earlier that you watched this around Christmas as a Christmas film because yeah. I like that uh, he made us a Christmas movie. Yeah, 100%. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, when he goes into the three decision boxes, it reminds me of Christmas Carol in a big way. A lot of this film makes me think of It's a Wonderful Life. To the point where if I was more familiar with those other films, I might be here talking about, like, this is It's a Wonderful Life. Because right. I think that every time. Um, that this Christmas film, especially with a morality play, yeah. um, and about you know, the events of the ending taking place on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of all throughout this thing, it's like a, um, has something to do with a Christmas wish or Santa Claus or you know this idea of what do you want for Christmas? All like, what right. do you want? And then then you know they're making gifts for each other, which is something I never realized. The foot is a Christmas gift. And I don't know what you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, they they unpack something on Christmas. Um, I don't have anything more to say than that. Well, so it's just there, I feel. No, I it's really also it interesting to bring up something like A Christmas Carol, which has a component of, like, you know, time, yeah. past, uh, future, and present. So, you know. Like our three movies. Like our three movies. Man, um, how fuck. deep can it's this go? Oh, but, do, you, uh, do you remember, what is, if any of you are familiar with Christmas Carol, why does... Uh, fucking uh, McGrubbin uh, Scrooge uh, decide to change his ways. I can't remember. Is it present? What, which He's, one meets him? Is what the, it's which ghost? the ghost of the future that shows him that Tiny Tim dies. And he's like, wait, that kid's gonna die? And he's like, yeah, you jerk. The kid's gonna die. Someone's gonna die. And yeah. then... And then doesn't he also show him that he's dead? He or died something? alone by himself. Yeah. And yeah. Every, every living creature Everybody on hates him. Dies alone. Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. Something Southend tells where apparently you have to meet your yourself, your twin brother to. I think we're on to something with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so interesting with the box because it, there's so many different iterations of this story. There's, uh, it was originally published in Playboy in 1970 as a short story by Richard Matheson, and then. The short story was turned into a Twilight Zone episode, and it's also been um, a radio play. Oh, cool. Hmm. I would really love to hear the radio play, but yeah. they're all, the, all the versions are different, and so I want to find those and find the differences between those sure. and what Richard Kelly yeah. ended up adding to the movies. Right. Because he added a lot. Uh, basically, the... the outline and the concept is the same as the short story but he he has a lot of influence in this it's not like an adaptation i think it's like a, re- a recreation of the story or something circles against oh, one of the pillows oh yeah there you go every time they talk about the decision the, the circles stars are and circles how is it little plants kind of think makes you think of NASA stars and circles stars and planets mm-hmm. what is the NASA's NASA employees idea like feng shui or yeah. interior design and I, yeah, I think the the NASA aspect is fully Richard Kelly uh, addition to the story I it think the original to. story is just the button well a bit of information is that Richard Kelly's father was a NASA scientist yeah. 
who helped. What? Um, yeah, who. Y'all are blowing my mind. <laughs> well, they, he, and the biggest thing is, he had part in the Mars mission. No. In creating some of the first rovers. Is this a documentary? Yeah, this is. It's a Richard Kelly documentary. I think most of these. This is a bizarre thing to say at two in the afternoon at the beginning of this, but I am of the opinion that Richard Kelly has had a number of these experiences in his youth. Yeah. I think I so, too. I see this as a, fil- a very personal film about his eyes. father, you know. Um, I think when I see the basement in this film, the, Arthur, the giant painting, the Arthur C. Clarke, when he goes down to his father's NASA, NASA room, it comes up here pretty shortly. Um, and just I feel like this is so close to home. And Richard Kelly's talked a lot about his, his upbringing in regards to Darko, because one of the criticisms that came um, were the depictions of like nice Republican conservative parents because mm-hmm. they're both hyper Republican, right. and uh, he talks about how you know more in his life, uh, you know that he he only encountered conservatives where he grew up, and I love to think about this as being like a depiction of a regular like you know Michigan like regular Virginia guy with a you know with a crazy father that actually has the chance to do the thing. I feel like Kelly uh, has experienced a lot of high strangeness in his mm-hmm. life. I mean, why else would I feel some of these details be here? They don't feel so much a part of the creative process, just something he, has to, he wants to talk about. You know? I mean, Southland Tales is like an explosion of political commentary yeah, that totally. I, I don't even know half of what he's trying to say, <laughs> but what he is trying to say that I can decipher is all really interesting. Yeah. And we can get to that more once once we're on to Southland Tales. It seems like it's so far from now because well, liquid fluid karma. Sorry to interrupt you, Tyler. No, fluid karma station kind of. It totally is. Yeah, here. I think that's what they're building oh, in this wow. film. Yeah, uh, that's a cut you off. I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, no, yeah, that's that, yeah. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. I wasn't gonna bring up fluid karma until <laughs> we got towards the end of this movie, but if you're gonna bring up the structure, I think you are correct. Gotta make the foot, though. Yeah, and and you're right. What does the foot have to do with it? What's it? Okay, so it's like something... Do we ever hear her, um, like, dealing with it in a way that it affects her life? Or is it everyone around her who makes her feel like it's not okay to just have a messed up foot? Yeah. Like, it seems like when she showed it off in the classroom... What, under what context was it? Because I, I They had asked to see it. Her they, students were like, Can the weird we see student. it? It's the weird student, and yeah. Is, is that actor in every movie? I think he's like the character of... He's always, a, he's always in the... Or even Trina Chen. He's know? always in the background somewhere. Yeah. In all three movies. Really? He's um, one of the business guys at the... Um, the... Uh, what is it? Like the president's wife's company or whatever it is USI did. Yeah, yeah. He, he's one of the business people that walks around yeah. in their like West Wing like walk and talk groups um Dope. but so he has to see her weird foot and she shows it to him and, and what does she say she doesn't Here's say my foot. Lot, right? she's affected by it and she the, the, the climax of the film has her kind of talking to Frank Lagella's character in detail about the like yeah, having a disability trauma, okay trauma the point where she seems to be in like a depressive episode and she gets the vibe from him that it's the same with him like he which is why she trusts him okay and got she it she says that at the end verbally alright so we have NASA the NSA and then Southland oh, Tales USI Den all yeah. security 
uh, spying organizations, the TSA. They pushed the button. They pushed it. If y'all, yeah. Oh, oh. What? Oh man, this shit's so good. Nine one one call. The fact that they show it immediately happening is oh, great. so good. Because I think up until this point, as a viewer, I'm thinking like, is this real or not? Right. <laughs> and you find out pretty quickly it's real. <laughs> it, it makes it very visceral. We don't know uh, one like what kind of technology made it happen. If it's like ma- like yeah like magical or science, like if it's an actual piece of tech or if it's just. A, a magic thing, but it happened. It's not oh, like one of those schoolyard things, like a "Who is John Gold?" axiom, where people say, "Don't press the red button." Almost like this is the red wire, or the blue wire. Right. Yeah. There's this trope, and I think just reality about you know the big nuclear buttons, right? Uh, yeah. But, so I think you know, I mean, I feel like Richard Kelly might just be telling us the answer to the button, uh, which I think this film very, very intensely from beginning to end says, "Don't press the button," mm-hmm. which is good yeah. advice, I think, in general. You know. So we have. Uh, a woman who's been shot in the heart, uh, and we have a girl screaming. Uh, they're about to. She's locked in a bathroom. Somebody behind a locked door. Behind a locked door. From the outside, which is weird. It's uh, a, a young girl. I don't remember this at all. Probably the daughter of the woman who was shot. God, who knows? Part confuses the fuck out of me. She's blind. Oh. Mm-hmm. <gasps> well, she's not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, and we'll get shit. to that. They'll yeah, expound right. on that. Mm. Well, they were talking about the, the te- Tyler about the technology of the eye, the blindness oh, of this film, fuck. as being a consequence of oh, pressing the button, uh-huh. one becomes blind. Uh, Grandma Death is also kind of blind. She's depicted as, you know, yeah, blind. Definitely. And deaf and then he has yeah. tails, he can't see his reflection correctly, you know, all that right. stuff. He definitely has a thing for, um, yeah, sight issues, for sure. Now that I'm thinking about all of them, it's really <laughs> uncanny how many there are. Shit's so scary. I love this. Uh, you don't see him walk in the door, it just cuts back, and there he is. Yeah, the, the circles go into the source room. Where Neo talks to the architect. I love the way that Cameron Diaz, like Cameron Diaz, ends up pushing the button. But I love the way that she decided to do it. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, like it kind of makes you jump a little bit. She just slaps the button, like yeah. kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it and it's be- brilliant. It does become important that she was the one who pressed the button. I think so, yeah. It definitely matters. Yeah, the effects don't look bad. They're just different than I've seen before, which is interesting. I guess it's just that, now that I'm watching again, I guess it's just the reveal, because I love the way this looks. Maybe just the the first shot's so demanding of... It's a reveal, and almost a jump scare, I think, with... uh, you know, when you when you first come to the door in the beginning, it's like look at this effect, and that's not that. Everything else looks pretty great and, at this point. And it's pretty seamless. Like yeah, it's great. The way that it looks, it looks like he wouldn't be able to talk and like eat, but they've. I don't know. It just goes so deep into his face. It's so unsettling. 
I believe that this character, in, when they reveal his history, because Frank Langella's character is an ex-NASA employee that worked with James Madison's father, and he was struck by electricity is where he got the scar while on the construction side of Fluid Karma. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up here talking about that, what lightning is, and no one knows what lightning is, and how to harness lightning, uh, and that just is philosophy of time travel to fuck to me about the light, the sound, mm-hmm. the speed. You know, I think that this is, we're seeing some sort of discovery here of the technology of fluid karma. I feel like our spooky man is definitely more of a neutral yeah. figure. Yeah, that's the thing too, is like now that I'm saying it, like I think he is meant to be jarring to look at, but I also think that, um, yeah, he's kind of a, it's, it's a, the first reaction that you're supposed to have is like, whoa. And then it kind of wears off, and he's kind of almost like a omnipotent yeah. outside character. You really, I mean, outside of working with um, James Marsden's dad, it's almost like he he's a manipulated dad. Well, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. gonna say the 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 theme of the messenger is really present in all three of the films. Yeah. There's someone who can travel within the channel. You know, and and they say that on the nose and in Darko, but um, they don't explain how or why. I love the slow uh, uh, inclusion of Christmas trees, Christmas lights. It it starts to reveal itself. I think the third act takes place at a Christmas party, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, There's all. I mean, in all films, especially Southland Tales, I think it's really restrained and perfected here. There's so much going on in the background that you can watch this film on mute and just look at the thing because I think so much, I mean, there's there's so many things happening on the walls and on desks and people in the background. Um, so the husband of the woman who was shot in the heart uh, was a rocket scientist. And I love that actor. He uses him in all three movies. I can never remember his name. Um, the dad? Darko? Yes. I really like that guy. Um, Holmes Osborne. Pretty sure. And he's great. Another box. Another box. This one's got a foot in it. This movie's got great lamps. Yeah. Best lamps of any science fiction film in years. Cinderella here, right? Yeah. It does tell you how far technology has come, though, because, you know, he spent, like, probably months making this somehow, and I think I could 3D print it in the Skylab at school. (laughs) Yeah, um, he made money both on Donnie Darko and the box. Southland Tales is the only one that completely tanked. Mm -hmm. Uh, That can, too, on opening night. Got booed, I believe. Yeah. 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 People were uh, not, and it was. I'm pretty sure when it was screened at Cannes, Southland Tales was like a kind of a rough cut. It was 35 minutes longer than what we have now. It was close to yeah. three. I the wish we had. That. Yeah, <laughs> the script is a lot different for Southland Tales than the Boxer Donnie Darko. Like sure. the the nature of Southland Tales is 
is way uh, more vulgar than yeah. both of these movies. That's true. The, the, yeah, Southland Tales is very loud and in your face, yeah. and every, for every like second of it, like there's almost no uh, quiet moments in Southland Tales, and, and this one is full of quiet moments. It's very restrained, and I think that might have thrown some people off. Um, I think the actors are doing a, a decent job of showing like restraint for what would be a pretty crazy situation. It's a quiet picture. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem to face them as much as you would think it would. I would be screaming if any of this ever happened to me. Um, but they kind of just handle it really well. And that might speak to what he was trying to say with the story. Well, I think, you know, and, and saying about this comes a lot from Richard Kelly's own life in the terms of the high strangeness, I think, you know... The films, if anything, on a like a transcendental level, like where the fil- films transcend and affect people, um, it being a way to to fix something very important. Uh, and I think that he does a great here in the box about it being about a, literally a marriage and about saving a marriage and saving their child. I think you know with Gretchen and Darko being about love, I definitely think Southland Tales is full of between Mandy Moore's character and Raw, Sarah Michelle Gellar's about, you know, and Justin Timberlake and Sean William Scott, it's about connection and how, what disrupts that, you know, beyond the science fiction elements. I think that that's kind of the, you know, how to get through the impossible. Yeah, and everyone in Southland Tales is dealing with uh, trying to make a connection. They're all just, like, doing it in different ways. Yeah. It's showing, like, all the ways that people cope with, uh, uh, <laughs> Communication, like try, like struggle to communicate. This lady freaks me out. I love this actress, whoever she is. Dude, she's the grandma so death scary. of the box. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah, she's. Sure. There's sure. always some incredible, like much older person who mute. You're gonna have to help me. There's a scene coming up where they zoom in on the photo, this old NASA photo where it shows James Madison's dad with spooky face man. Yeah. And it reminds me of that zoom in they do where dark. Dark Donnie realizes that Grandma Death is in the photograph. Yeah, I, I swear she's yeah. in that photograph in the box as well, but I always forget oh, to I can catch help. it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Grandma Death is an ex NASA. Because she you know, was. She's a teacher, yeah. Yeah, and, and she then, was like a, a physics teacher, right? right? Yeah. There, there, there's our boy. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> a, such a, a weird actor that he, he uses every time. Bunny ears almost. Yeah, holds sure. up two fingers. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sure. There's more boxes right there, y'all. Yeah. Lots uh, of boxes. All the boxes. You just got a. You just got a box. They're playing like that. What's that game for you? Uh, you can box it right now. Like Dirty Santa. Dirty or Santa. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this film ever mentions Santa Claus, much less the fact that it's actually Christmas. Too. And they they don't have one on the Wikipedia for um, Richard Kelly, but I'd love to see like all of the actors that he repeat uses because I yeah. know there's a lot of them. Yeah. What a great gift! Wonderful. They got a present of Frank Langella with kind of half of his face shrouded in darkness. Oh, and weird weirdo boy was. Pointing to present two, I think was what that two was. Oh. All the presents were numbered. He told table. him which one to get. Yeah. And so, what does that kid even have to do with 
like anything. I don't remember. It's the manipulated living. <laughs> sure. We will get into him using that too later in this movie as well. So look for that. Circle words. It's Britta. <laughs> there she is. One of these are all actual editions of. They must be. Yeah, it must be specific. And I do think it's hard. I do think people struggled with this movie with imagining Cameron Diaz in the '70s, just because she's not a very '70s-looking actress. I like. I think of Cameron Diaz, and she pops in my head for like uh, all of her like '90s and '2000s movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, just imagining her as like a '70s mom is weird. For me, it's her southern accent that's weird. I can't. I hate when people. Uh, are forced to do accents and they just end up strange. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone can't do it, just, they don't have to. Yeah. Just, anyone can speak in any voice. It, it, like, it rarely matters. I mean, sometimes it does, obviously. And you would want to, like, uh, make sure that an actor used a certain voice, but there, there's so many instances of accents just not working out. I like the mo- southern accent. Really? I've heard it's really split down the middle. Middle. Some people love it. And then for me, it's just, it's certain words. <laughs> yeah, that that's usually how it is with for me, too. Like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. The one I always think about is Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Sliding Doors. And she's British. She's got the worst British accent ever. There's a lot of exposition going on here. Okay. Is Roberta Sparrow in this picture? Probably, <laughs> especially <laughs> since he showed it so fast. Uh, great music used in this film, like every Darko film. Well, uh, every Darko film, every Kelly mm-hmm. film. I uh, know, but they're talking about, uh, she, uh, they talk about how James Madison's character uh, helped create the panoramic camera they're using on Mars. And that uh, they're talking about how the camera can send a signal back to Earth. Um, and she asked how long, and the, and the kid says, in you know, two hours traveling at 50 million miles per hour. So two hours to transmit a signal. She seems very curious about all this in a way that I find pretty fascinating, since it's revealed that she's uh, working for some alphabet agency. Oh, yeah, there's that quote. You yeah, heard. there's RCC card, but whatever the fuck that painting is. <laughs> there was no one there. It's the worst Christmas ever, though. Two, both two, like James, uh, is it Madston or Marston? I, I can yeah, never I remember. Ever got to the bottom of that. Uh, I got it. Uh, James Marston. Marston. Um, he's another one too that like I when I see him I think of a '90s and early 2000s movies. So he, I think he fits a little bit more than Cameron Diaz does. I like that his character's name is also Arthur, so we have an Arthur C. Clarke. Oh. Uh, and there's also... And I'm not sure which couple it is, because I haven't been hearing, like, tons of names, but there's a couple that's named after uh, Wendell and Rebecca Matheson, and the, the writer's Richard Matheson, so there's definitely little Easter eggs for the story, the original author. Oh, uh, the music was done by uh, Wynn Butler... And his wife. So uh, Arcade Fire did the music for the box. Oh, what? That's yeah. very interesting. That's, yeah. That's what? Yep. Win Butler, Regine. Incredible. That's a Mandela effect right there. That's too ridiculous. 
incredible. So much going on in the background shots. I mean, it really is oh, so yeah. much happening all the time. Um, this is the kind of shit where you know people can talk talk uh, circles around that Kelly doesn't know what he's doing and all that stuff. To me, the depth of field, I mean, the perfection of these set pieces. You know, yeah. I feel I feel you know kind of in awe with some of it. I really do. And these dolly shots that he got. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And he Not uses. Anyone say he doesn't know what he's doing. He uses the same cinematographer every time. Um, it's a guy named Stephen Poster, um, who hasn't done really anything that I recognize outside of Stuart Little Two and Daddy Daycare. Stuart Little Two is probably my favorite shot film. It's such a beautiful, you know, just a beautiful depiction of a small mouse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people think it's Spartacus, more of a Stuart Little Two kind of guy. It begins right here, the transmission. Uh, yes. So I think we're establishing that when they press the button, there's a signal sent to Mars in map. It has something to do with a technology on Earth that's also on Mars. Yes. Because uh, the button sends a signal somewhere, which gives it the ability to turn into a death, I guess, and do the blindness. Like, it is all once. It happens simultaneously. Um, Roger Ebert loved this one. Really? So interesting. You've got Roger Ebert. He throws me every time. Every time I think I know Roger Ebert and, like, what he likes, it surprises me every time. Do you have the review pull up there? Yeah, it's, uh, Roger Ebert uh, gave the film three out of four stars overall, saying, this movie kept me involved and intrigued, and for that I'm grateful. Oh, cool, man. Hell yeah. That's so funny. And that's it. Richard Kelly can write a story. You know, uh, I think that's something he's always done really well. Even in Southland Tales, I think it's the busyness that makes it hard for some people to follow. But it's it's not that it's a bad story. It's it's that it's a whole lot of story in a, in you know a certain amount of time. But yeah, our, our weird student character here, the stare that he was just giving was very reminiscent of Donnie, like that stare mm-hmm. really he gets. It all happened during parties, too, right? Yep. Yeah, it's so, teenage kids. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, dark work on Halloween. I think Topman tells us just the three days leading up to the 4th of July, for the weekend, I think. It seems like Richard Kelly's timelines get smaller per movie. Oh, so you same, know? the same thing. Donnie gives you 28 days. Southland Tales is a day? Three days. Three right? days. It's like the weekend of the 4th of July. And then this one gives you a little bit more. It's, what, a couple weeks maybe? Yeah. yeah. This shot is in Southland Tales. not the no exit. Um, after, but this, this the, little where they're pulling out of these pillars and this light yeah. it's like and the same set it's the same yeah it, like I think it is the same place 
that's that's, that's really interesting because oh, that right here, yeah. Yeah. that setup from Southland Tales, that same shot is like like th- that whole part of the movie is one of my favorite parts. But yeah. I really just remember the car pulling up outside that building. We have a cut to the Star Spangled Banner playing, which plays over the television set in Donnie Darko when Donnie has his first contact or the first contact that we see with Frank. And then in he just uh, showed the two towers on the TV right there. What the fuck right after that? he signed two two towers. Yeah, he signed. Yeah. And then speaking of live performances, the Rebecca Del Rio performance of uh, the Star Spangled Banner in the oh yeah. Um, Oh. In the at the end of Southland Southland. Tales, and Rebecca Del Rio is a a Spanish singer, and she's the one who sings in the club in Mulholland Drive. Same lady. Yep. Fuck you, really? Yeah. So that that whole musical performance at the end of Southland Tales is very, very David Lynch. Like, uh, she she's even like singing um, in a similar style. Well, we both know Mulholland Drive has a box, you know. And I think a lot of films, I mean, Cube yeah, in the does. same way, or Hellraiser, this, the theme of the puzzle box and the, the interdimensional <clears throat> black cube is and present in a lot, of, a lot of films that just, you know... That well, just, and the reward and punishment element, too, you know. In, in Hellraiser, you can experience the greatest pleasure of your life, but you'll, you're will you going to die, and then in this box, you kill someone, you get a million dollars, and then it ruins your life. Like, or in Mulholland Drive, there's several different iterations of the box and the key, which is really interesting. There's different keys and different boxes, but they're the same. Like, you get the vibe that they're the same thing, but... It's like you hide all your secrets in the box. Like, once the box is opened, you start getting some revelations. Like, okay, things aren't as we thought they were. And it's not until that box is opened, I think about 45 minutes in, that you figure out a lot of weird stuff is going on that you're seeing, like, kind of an alternate version of it. I immediately think about the cellar door at the end of Darko and then breaking into it. But is there another key or box in Darko? Is there some some object that's opened or something's kept in. A book. I mean, yeah. there's a the book in Donnie Darko. It's really oh. important. Here's, here's our nosebleed. Yeah, it was really cool. Right, nosebleed number two. Number three. Oh, you're right. Well, I guess the key in the lock in Darko would be yeah. when he discovers the ID and he knows where Jim Cunningham lives. Mm-hmm. You know, now he knows where uh, he lives. Yeah. And the idea is what gives him that key to unlock mm-hmm. that aspect of the story. So we're like an hour in. We're getting to the third act here pretty soon. Yeah. Which this movie just kind of crap. How much this movie flies by. We're getting to the, the meat of it. I think if you made it this far, I don't. You have to not be into science fiction or you know. To not Mysteries. be sold right now. Yeah. yeah. You made an hour. This this part is where I always perk up and actually watch the picture. Yeah. Why is everyone's nose bleeding? You know. What's yeah. Up? Her the things that she said in the car there were quite interesting. She says, you know, you'll see, you'll see the light. Oh. Yeah. And what's happening to the people that are like that are experiencing this? I think they're leading him to the three just, portals. The yeah. One in the mirror. Yeah. Huh. Because he can't see his reflection correctly in Southland Tales. 
She's like, look in the mirror and you'll see. And Donnie's constantly looking through that mirror in his bathroom. That's where Frank shows up. Yeah. The first time we see Frank, right? And then in, in South Lane Tales, it's almost like there's a lag in the, in the, um, like Sean William Scott is like doing stuff and yeah. the mirror is following like three seconds after. Mm-hmm. So it's a different uh, mirror thing in each one. Well, mirrors are portals. What we're yeah. here now is the transition from the mission that's happening today. Um, that's got anybody off. This is a lot of exposition. Mm-hmm. The voice of the president, too. Yeah. Which there's a president talking in every movie. Yeah. Right here, it's like, I just want to pause the frame, but what am I looking at? There's so much going yeah. on. I think the whole thing probably went out there, you know? I mean, yeah. And this almost looks like the title cards in, like, Southland Tales. Yeah. I think that there are probably the anomalies to me when I see this is, like, where all the time, like, the time riff you see in Donnie Darko, all the other time yeah. riffs, I think, are mapped out kind of here, in what she's looking at. This is what I see when I do that for sure, but yeah, totally. yeah so just we're followed by this scene right here. Letting the film here going to Christmas Day. This is Christmas Eve. Still trying to figure out who exactly this man is who delivered them the box. And the connection between what's going on in both of their lives. Like, it seems like uh, the button was more of something that, like, Cameron Diaz's character was grappling with and I think he's dealing with like something completely different which is interesting because they're they're connected but I don't even think they realize that they're connected right so he's figured out that the picture he's seen the picture that they were given of the what what is his name the actor's name James Madison um, and the spooky man's character's Frank, name oh the character's name I don't know if he has a name what uh, is the actor's name Frank Lugella Frank Lagella, uh, and he's saying, okay, here's the picture. And there's there he is. Wait, that's Roberta, Roberta Sparrow, right? To the left. She's wearing the cardigan, has the oh, hair probably. that's curled for a if second. You saw, I, I Zoom in again. Yeah, I think we'll break the podcast. <laughs> Thanks to everyone that's still listening. You have like five and a half, six hours left. <laughs> Just rewind 45 seconds. Um, Frank Langella's character's name is amazing. It's Arlington Stewart. Right. He has like two last names. Wow. Arlington Stewart. Um, Richard Kelly has great names. Like, I don't know if this is a name from the original story. I have a feeling that in the original story he might have been a nameless character. But um, he's kind of made this character bigger for the movie, probably out of necessity's sake and what he was trying to do with the story. But um, 
I've always liked his names. He has great names for people. Some uh, writers are just not good at names, uh, <laughs> but I really pay attention to. We got two Franks, right? We got Frank Lugello depicting this man and the character of Frank. Yeah. Is there a Frank in Southland after a character? Um, I can easily find out. Yeah. It's not a good boy. Something's terribly wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if he liked certain actors because of their names, because he's such a weird director. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I have to get Frank Langella because that's two Franks. Double Frank. It's where Harlequin Stewart just kind of chills. This is living room. Oh, yeah, I'm up on her. What a weird guy. There we go. We There's are. the money shot, y'all. Uh, Jesus. It almost looks like we're in a uh, the airplane that, that crashes into the jet, the the jet, jet engine. engine. It almost looks like we're inside of a, a jet engine. Here we have NSA, the NSA taking over NASA the day after the transmission. On Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. There are no Franks oh. in Southland Tales. Summer. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. But um, I forgot like until I was looking at the actual cast of Southland Tales how like duplicitous uh, speaking of names like everybody's names are like everybody like Everybody in Southland Tales, for the most part, has several different names that they're yeah. they're yeah. called by throughout, which is really weird. Like Krista Now and Krista Kapowski or whatever her name was. She keeps like reiterating through the whole movie. She's like, "No, I'm Krista Now. Like now, I'm Krista Now." What she say? Like you, that means that you can fuck me now. I think it's, uh... <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Her little catchphrase is like really funny. I can't wait to get to uh, South Oh, yeah, same. 4.45 p.m., the time. The uh, the husband's finding out the time that the woman died by being shot in the heart and linking it to the same time that they pressed the button. Is the only grocery store in all of Richard Kelly's folks? It might be. He doesn't go to very normal public places. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's like the school or something. It's like this is a really weird. This is Richard Kelly's version of a shopping experience. Yeah, all of weird. Like the sets in Southland Tales are like weird, like apartments and like inside of giant trucks and like there's so many weird sets in that. There's a bunch of these Santas all over the film. Is that what you're no, I the the big fans in the background, oh, almost yeah. like the jet engine yeah, fans. Yeah, the powers that even speak. Per- yes. Yeah. Or the blimp at Southland. It's like the same exchange that Gretchen has with the little boy of like, do you know this person? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
my, my neighbor Donnie got crushed by a jet. White Christmas tree there in the back. It's one of the few. Oh. So do we think this character knows anything? This uh, this the police, police captain? officer yeah. character? I don't think so. Do you think he's as unaware as? I I think he is in. Going towards, like, uh, repeat casting, um, he, that actor, uh, Holmes Osborne, is, and is he the president in Southland Tales? He is, yeah. And he's wearing an earpiece, and people are feeding him everything he says. Like, everything, yeah. Everything he says. And, like, they can see what he sees, and he's fully being controlled. He never says an original thing through the whole movie. Um, and I think it's his wife that is like feeding him lines uh, so yeah I think he might be kind of clueless she's feeding him lines through watching the whole all the screens which are the yeah. surveillance cameras around the Southland um, did you catch the the human exploitation resource manual on the it's on the Polaroid it's the yeah. book we'll see in a moment which I, I I suppose is just the first title of the philosophy of time travel or the first work maybe what the time travel handbook is based on but the human exploitation resource but in theory, wouldn't the philosophy of time travel already have been written? This movie only takes place about ten years before Donnie Darko. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, sure, I forgot about that. Yeah, it is only ten years. Because I've been thinking That's about that, weird. too. That's strange. Because they use images that are explicitly in the philosophy of time travel in the box. Near the end. And the book in Southland tells us the script that he writes, you know? Yeah. Right, you know? All three of them. Yeah, for it to just be called the Lightning Book, it's hilarious. There's also a lot of uh, ominous people sitting at tables, uh, staring off into the distance in Richard Kelly movies. <coughs> Richard Kelly movies take place around the table. Yes. Yeah. yeah there's uh, people are always talking uh, around the table. I don't think I've ever seen anyone run in a Richard Kelly film. Everyone's kind of just walking uh, slowly. There's one. Uh, the Rock runs. In Southland Tales, right. and it's so, like, it's <laughs> such a silly, like, weird, beautiful moment. Oh, that Pixies? Yes. The best, my favorite part of any Richard Kelly film probably it, is that like, yeah. mutilation segment. But he just, like, runs off, like, with the, like, whatever, uh, Monty Burns hands. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, the two sides of his brain communicating. So where, so, okay, so we are getting into the bulk of the third act. Where... Where are we? Are we in still the in library? The li- are we still in the library? Yeah. Are we? 
Because I, I it's a big ass library. It's just a huge library. It is, and it has a bunch of NASA documents. I'm curious if we're in a library on the NASA compound. Yeah. Well, here's, uh, here's sure. our station right here. Yes. This is the this is the big bulk of it. And is this uh, ever explicitly associated with um, fluid karma at all? No, or we don't. We just, never hear the term fluid karma. It's just imagery. I think there was actually a little jet engine on the side of that where the lightning strike was. So weird. Did you see the UN? Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. I just, it has the same shape as Fluid Karma, the station there. It just, I mean, it, I don't know what else it would be there for. Yeah. And it looks so similar. Mm -hmm. um, and this film is all about the technology of water, so, you know. Oh, and the power for me is I didn't notice it for the first three times I saw it. It was like, oh, what what is the shape of that building there? Yeah. Oh, it, it is the station. And we were talking off mic about Twin Peaks and the casting of like uh, Bob, the character of Bob in Twin Peaks. Uh, it's so unsettling. Richard Kelly really has an eye for picking actors who are, are just so unnerving. Like this group of guys that he has following him. Oh, yeah. We're very specifically dressed, like, for this scene where they all stand up. So... He's good at picking creeps. He can pick some creeps. There's the exit stuff again. Because in Southland Tales, he gets, like, every creepy actor that's ever existed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even Kevin Smith. That, that role. I didn't know that was him until maybe the fourth or fifth time that I watched it. We were Cameron Diaz going through. Um, I guess she's discovering for the for the first time uh, Arlington Stewart's role in NASA. So I'm not sure they share that information with each other or not. There he is. There he is. And the husband is currently now with Arlington Stewart's wife. Oh, yeah. Looks yeah. like he can see her. It's creepy. I think perhaps he can. Yeah, and that might be why he has some kind of weird familiarity with her. He might have seen her before. Oh God, that's I don't that's I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. And there's Miranda Richardson, who's uh, USI Dan. Is she in the anime Frost? Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I love Miranda Richardson. She's so oh, good. Oh wow. I didn't realize she actually played. Oh wow! Okay, Unless I'm mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's the same. It actress. certainly looks like her. Just darker hair in Southland Tales. Yeah. So here, here's the big baddie right here. And there's the exit behind it. Um, I'm convinced it's just like the button where he's looking for the nearest exit, and it's he's not even looking at it. He's going with his with the choices he's given. I mean, this is to me the fear and love spectrum. These three yeah. ways here. You know. They're always having you choose between extremes, right? Yeah, we have salvation and damnation. Except right. Donnie, I guess, right? I mean, ex really, in regards to the amount of times he does what him and Frank decide to do, you know? Well, but isn't that love? Doesn't he do that so that Gretchen doesn't die? Well, I mean, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll... Uh, that's a big one. Uh, I'll zone out for two hours trying to think about that too long. That's a huge question, you know? Huge question, I think, at the heart of all three films. If it's fear or love have know the difference and is there a difference all these kind of questions my windows are down on my car so oh. yeah we got a small thunderstorm save your car <laughs> it's perfect for watching movies it is. And the listeners will might even get some like 
thunder and rain sounds, which for me would be very pleasant. This is a great film to watch in the middle of the afternoon during a rainstorm, which is what we're doing now. So. Yes. And these three, like, columns of weird gel fluid is, karma. like, what I imagine fluid karma <laughs> yeah. looking it's like. absolutely Because we don't karma. really get to see a lot of fluid karma stuff. It's, like, flashes from commercials and things. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They never go into it, and I really want to go back and reread the comic, where we can talk uh, about it when we so watch good. Southland Tales, well, but there's a co- adjacent comic that is the beginning of the story. Yeah, it's like 200 pages, too. It's crazy. It's it's, it's And it only got published once. I mean, it came out months before the film. And there's yeah. so much side material. We're not, I think we're going to get close to talking about how many ARGs or small you know, side projects or documentaries that are in this universe. Yeah. You know? I don't think Richard Kelly has any rush for anyone to dive into it like that, you know. Um, now, I'm not even sure if this material is something that... He, it's not like he's making a film about, you know, uh, love and, you know, uh, love in regards to a, almost like a Richard Linklater, where his films are kind of about how to get through relationships, and they're very redemptive and kind of, you know, falling into the, the mythos of a filmmaker like that. Pretty safe journey, but I think diving head on into any of these films. I think Donnie Darko is proof of that, that yeah. people, it was always associated with the high strangeness. Yeah. You, know, you couldn't show it to everybody. It's a great film, but it's mostly like, do you resonate with these questions? And I think these questions are pretty bizarre. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about NSA and NASA? <laughs> you know, like... I think we're being given an interesting piece of information, which is that Arlington Stewart uh, is in touch with the people who control the lightning. And does he say who, like, who that even is? Like, it's just a, a part of NASA, or is it unknown? I'm not sure. I he just says the people, like, that some, control it. Some form of higher power. Yeah. Here's that two right there. Two. Yeah, bunny ears. Certainly is it was royal. backwards that time. Oh. The first time it was really? forwards, like, peace, and that time it was backwards, like, peace out. Good shit. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, because they actually had one's fuck you and one's peace, right? In yeah, general. yeah, it is. Because that's a... The, British. In the legend of the uh, VOTO and Aleister Crowley giving that sign to uh, Winston Churchill and the whole link of, like, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, do you know which one is which? Oh, that wow. that famous Winston Churchill photo where he didn't know he was doing the <laughs> fuck you, and that's why people were like, oh, my God, Churchill. But that's awesome. He didn't know that there was a reverse... Which is a very mid-70s thing, you know? Yeah. This kind of hippie kid working, you know, with the, with the company men. Yeah, I still don't know what the fuck is happening right here. Yeah, there's like three columns of gel, watery fluids stuff, and James Marston is just poking it. Because... He's sinking right in. Oh, and it, yeah, yeah and it just it snatched him. Obviously, fluid karma. This liquid it has to do with time travel. Is the technology of time travel? It has to be, which is present in other media as well. well fluid water karma. It's also the thing that it's the blood red. It's the injection that all the Iraqi yes. soldiers take. What Justin Timberlake yeah. addicted to is fluid karma. So he injects it right into his right into his neck. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, this is one of the greatest shots uh, of anything ever. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> And this also looks like the thing coming out of Donnie's stomach. Yes. Totally. 
I mean, not exactly, but it's similarly. I think it's the same substance. It's just a difference of having more money to do better effects. <laughs> right. <laughs> that yeah, sure. Yeah, because this was probably a blank check movie. He probably came in with the concept, and they were like, oh, Donnie Darko. Sure. And then after this one, everyone was just like, I don't think we can give this guy any more money, yeah. unfortunately. Also, that home video is dead, because Darko, I think, still holds one of the top ten spots for the most successful home video release ever. Yeah. And not counting, you know, you got to actually make a balance for Disney. Yeah. That kind of list, right? Because top-selling VHS tapes of all time were Disney across the board, so... But Darko was a huge success for, for Dimension Films. Yeah. Uh, which, and New Line, my apologies. New Line, which did the Final Destination series and a bunch of those, Freddy vs. Jason, all those. So the home video market was pretty used to, if the theatrical run doesn't make the cut, the home video came Right. A whole different promo reel. But the box just came out like right at the end of Blockbuster before streaming was really around in the mm-hmm. way it is. I, I got it on Redbox, actually. Oh, so very, I, cool, I, it cool. was still DVDs were a thing. Um, I don't believe there's a Blu-ray release of it. Um, that is an awkward time where a Blu-ray wasn't even made. You know? Yeah. They, I think they tried to do, like, the ultraviolet thing first, and everybody was like, no. Is that a rabbit? Sorry, is that a rabbit? That? Yep. Okay. Definitely. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. See, that's not an accident. It yeah, wasn't yeah. a rabbit, but it definitely looked like one. It looks like the, that plate looks like the inside of yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus. Hell yeah. Looking to the mirror right here. Yes, he is. We find out more about the creators of the lightning here. It's a lot of ominous businessmen in his films. Fucking jet engine, yeah. Jesus. Uh, is that a jet engine? Yes, absolutely. Th- absolutely. Oh my god. Yeah. I also thought it was just a part of the building. <laughs> like, he just had a hole in the wall. No, yeah, I that's, think this is what they're testing. Wow. There, yeah. Came back from the dead, yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is that thing? It looks like the, uh, the numbers from Lost. Oh, yeah, the, the Dharma it, station. Because when you see them flipping around, you can see, like, other symbols that are on them, and you're like, how is that possible? <laughs> I feel like whatever the fuck that is, is the Martian technology that gets transmitted. I think yeah. humans discover fluid karma, and whatever other influences that influence that play here, um, I think the tech is markedly different as they're depicted, you know, because one's literally like very familiar, like it's water, it's air, you know, about the jet engine stuff or the. It sounds like the fire, there's fireworks stuff going on too, something about exploding color. Um, I think we're mixing the lightning with the jet engine. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But are they building the, the jet engine? You think like I think a, that's what they're developing. Making it, yeah. Well, because I mean, what downs the jet in Donnie Darko is a storm. A lightning storm. There we go. It is a lightning storm. Yes. You're right. Yeah, totally. 
Okay, okay, y'all. Jesus. Water, sure. lightning, jet engines. That'll do something to the time space continuum. Uh, no one seems to know what they're doing in a lot of this stuff, besides Frank Bagella's character. Yeah. It seems that, the, 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 you know, Deus Ex Machina or whatever, the, the god influence is definitely a lot heavier in the other two films. This one uh, feels like, look at all those. Wow, that's, that's How many insane. were there? Uh, ten? Too many. What is that thing? Franklin Jello just runs around handing these buttons out to everybody. I think so. He's, he's testing people. Yeah, this is the thesis here. I think about that all the time, like my car being a room on wheels. It's oh, so God. weird. Is this the moon or Mars? Is that Mars? He's a big box fan. Just likes boxes. That's why he loves Christmas so much. This film does play as a Santa Claus gone awry. Yeah, I'm evil Santa. Watch it like that. No, he's this evil is, Santa. He's evil Santa. He is giving people Santa's presents. workshop. You know, all yeah. these people that work for him. Yeah, like what are these? What are, what are those little triangle things? What are these? I don't like. Are those like that a giant chess game right there? What is that? That's what it looks like. Guys. It looks like human chess. What if he was playing human chess oh, and had God. like real people, like little Cameron Diaz on the board? May- I wouldn't put it past. Are we going over there again? Or we- no, come back. It for sure, <laughs> for sure looks like a model of a bunch of little people on it. Are those ships? Like models of ships? I don't know what that uh, is. They look maybe more turbines. Tur- oh, yes, know. yes, yeah. yes. Maybe designs for. Yeah. Here we are back to the. What? That, that's at almost. That almost. U.S. USC, USC, almost USI dead? I don't know, yeah. Okay. I think he spelled out what the trilogy is right here. Enough people don't press the button. Yeah. It'll be proper. I mean, this is makes me think of like that this portal is a, is where the manipulated dead are processed. Yes. This is the place where they're sent to, to these different places in space time. But I don't really know if all these people I feel like all these people are also connected by NASA itself. You know, say they're all employees in some way, you know? Yeah. Um, well he said if you feel like you're drowning, don't worry about it. They're walking into fluid tarma. Yeah, I would suppose so. They're walking into it. Like James Madison. Yes. What is this golden wreath up here? It's just what the interior, is it just the taste of the inhabitant? A halo. It's a halo, yeah, sure. He looks great in that hat. Oh, yeah. The hell, yeah. black hat. It's be a great little Halloween costume here. What if all four of us went as Arlington Stewart just walking around the road? Are, Are they, they in a blimp? That would be oh, weird. Oh, weird, yeah. Well, the, the turbines aren't moving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, here's That is a good stuff. connection to the blimp. Yeah, the totally. Tyler, yeah. Absolutely. Big circular room. Fans on. Because that blimp's a, a big deal. The Mega when Zeppelin is... You gotta wonder if, and this is, uh, maybe we can talk more when we see it in Southland Tales, when they blow up that blimp, if one of those jet engines from the blimp is what fell oh, from the... Yeah. Explosion like the jet the engine falling from the blimp into Donnie's. That's fucked up. That's really crazy. 
Yeah, so it would go back around in a circle. So it ends in Southland Tales, but it causes... That would be interesting if it there were, like, a uh, cause and effect, like, that we could... Were you talking about the white, if the actress is the same that plays in the box in Southland, certain people through the manipulated dead, manipulated living technology? Because I think they're both maintaining this thing. Plus ghost and love, apparently, too. There's another yeah. force at work that is not the technology. I think that's an important thing to feel where that contrast is. Because I don't think that, like, right now, we're at the height of all the terror, and he's talking about how wonderful the experience was. The Fluid Karma Tunnel is a beautiful place to Somewhere in between, it's definitely uh, something that's explored in uh, David Lynch's work as well. Absolutely. Uh, and also, it's kind of the middle of the love and fear spectrum. Yeah. yeah. You know? Sidewalk is. Well. Imagine Justin Timberlake right here explaining the. the, the, the do you bleed segment Southland talking about how he talks to God and there's always this guy hanging out that's and that's the guy from Southland Tales he's also that's in Darko sci- and he's in Darko he's the too. main okay. he's the, he's the man, uh, guy from the TSA that he's talks the to he's the scientist of fluid karma is he? yeah oh holy shit Wallace Shawn yeah wow the little short guy yeah what did you say his name was? Wallace Shawn he's in Clueless <laughs> A bunch of 90s stuff. If it's the same guy. I think it is. Yeah, at this point, I feel like anyone that looks similar, my brain automatically jumps to the same actor. Because I'm, I learn new stuff all the time about who's playing who in which film. Um, you're fully in Christmas now. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, everyone, almost like everyone's costumes are slightly more uh, celebratory. Well, we're at a wedding on Christmas. Okay, yeah. This is the husband. Yeah. The husband of the woman that died? Yeah, who was shot in the heart. So they were, like, made to feel as if they could do this randomly, but it's still very much affecting their lives, like the decision to press the button. Yes. It's almost like, hey, you can do this, and someone will die, and you you won't know them. You just have to know that you killed someone for doing this. But it's not that. It's not the case at all. Like, the guy that's holding him hostage <laughs> right, right. for doing it. Uh, this is Coming up here, he's going to give him a copy of the Human Exploitation Manual. Uh, and there are there are uh, pages that are straight from the philosophy of time travel, or vice versa. I don't yeah. really know which one came first. I'm sure in Darko will have a better idea. I would be surprised if Darko they say what year it's published. I just never heard it or something. You know. I keep thinking the '50s for some reason, but that could be very wrong. Well, I feel like he's he's talking about her teaching at the school. He's like she taught science here at Middlesex, and right. blah blah blah. Uh, I'm curious if that's there. So they're taking they're taking everybody. Uh, all these yeah, people. And the these are not the manipulated dead. They're not the zombies that we've seen. Is these this people. NASA? Yeah, is this. Or, you know, just the, the, the other employees of. So this is. Was that danger? Something danger on the sun? It looks like an, like an impossibly big facility. Sure. Uh, and he does that 
it, with the blimp too. I think that's where I was like drawing similarities. Here are the papers right here. So they just choose, they just pull off the side of the road and say, this hotel will do. Like, I, I don't know what this place is. Because it appears to be just walking out of the complex and immediately coming into this place. You know, uh, they're putting uh, the sun into the food That just looks like a hotel pool. It's like in the Lady in the Water, the Shaman yeah. film. Maybe it's like one of the. I, I get the impression that there are natural gateways for food karma to work. That this maybe is beyond the technology. Here it is. Jesus. There's Water the philosophy yeah. of time travel. That image. The thing coming out of someone's chest. Yeah, that's yeah. That was published July 1976, which was the same year that this was to take place a few months later. Yeah. creepily waving a bell in the middle of the road and now they got hit by a car because of it. Unless that's the real Santa. It might be. I can see that. It's oh, just a bunny, bunny suit, right? Yeah. Right. It's not even like a guy in a Santa costume. It's just Santa. That's how good Richard Kelly is is finding cast members that he casts the real Santa. <laughs> Once Cameron Diaz was on, Santa was easy to, to negotiate with. He was like, oh, Cameron's coming? I'll be there. Yeah. Let me get my bell. The only thing this movie is missing is Flea. Uh, was, you know, in Southland Tales, thrown in Flea of all people. It's like, why isn't he just in every movie? Flea is in there for like a second. A moment. He's yeah. in like two scenes. And then uh, Janine Janine Garofalo yeah. uh, is in Southland Tales, but she ended up getting cut out. So you see her for like two seconds. Okay, so... I, I, I'm lost. I don't know what the fuck is happening here. So all these main players come back into the frame. These mm-hmm. actors that you've seen a lot of, but I don't really know what's happened between the two scenes that they've met in regards to their... Like, so I guess this guy's now in on the, the experiment being a part yeah. of it, you know? And this seems, like, so far gone from these the idea of someone gives you a button. Box. Right. Right. We're so we're done with that now for yeah. a second. He like, used like someone's short story as like a jumping off point to do some uh, time travels, crazy stuff. So he's coming okay. from the light. Yeah. By force because they have guns. Is this the scene like right after he steps through the gateway? We last saw him in the truck. We last saw him in the truck. Yeah. 
I think that there's some sort of James Madsen double stuff happening here where mm-hmm. this is not the same James Madsen as A or B, you know. This is the hint of the twin. Yeah, yeah that exactly. we see later in Southland Tales. Did we split off into Two, yeah. alternate timelines? Yeah, because you have you definitely have that in Donnie Darko. Oh yeah, it could be just be three we're witnessing simultaneous uh, conclusions to the three pillars. Right. The three universes. And that's also something that I think about when I watch the Twin Peaks, The Return, is that I don't even think that all of that is in the same universe. I think sure. it's like there's different parts of it that are in different parts of time and space. But they never they never talk about it. It's just weird. It's just there. Differences, yeah. The who is the dreamer question, I think. When I heard that, I really realized that I'm way in over my head yeah. with The Return in the best way. I'll be watching it till, I, till I'm like 60 years old, uh, yeah. you know, for sure. So here we are at the climax of our movie, The Box. The climax of Darko is the morning after, too. The climax is always after the tangents collide. Oh. Yeah, the movie goes on a few beats more than when you think it is going to. He always does that. Right. Yeah, the blip, the whole, like, fucking sequence of the Indian Southland comes out of nowhere to me. Yeah, and it lasts a a while. (laughs) Yeah, this is a... He almost has, like, weird five-act movies. Sure. It might be a five-act show. Yeah, every time the circles that uh, you noticed are in this frame, people are asking questions. Oh. Yeah. A lot of ultimatums given. Yes. Yeah. Circles. He talks much about why the boxes, you know, the squares people live in, and for him to offer choice. The circles are kind of the white part is like squares. Oh um, yeah, sure. The circles. Squaring the circle. Like wow. a bunch of buttons. Mm-hmm. Bunch of buttons, yeah, sure. Oh yes. It's like those smiley faces in Southland to me. Which is just what's the round object? If we're talking about the whole film, talking about squares and gates that are shaped like squares, um, usually you think about a tunnel, and the spheres that come out of their chests are, you know, are, are spherical objects. Everyone steps to the box. So he, so the man tells the couple that their son is blind and deaf now, and that. They can either just like enjoy the money and live with their son's impairment, or he's gonna tell him he's gonna have to kill his wife. One of the two. The daughter, you said the daughter ended up blind and deaf. Well, so she, that might be what's her name. Uh, Grandma Death. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, she's the uh, she's young in this one and the old lady in that one. Wait, but no, he Wait. killed he killed his wife though, so she's no longer later. blind and deaf. Yeah, when the police bust down the door and she's in the bathroom. She's uh, she right. just yeah. snapped out of being blind and deaf. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ultimatum here is you can kill your wife, shoot her through the heart, and your son will no longer be blind and deaf. Yeah. Same I'm, thing with the daughter. Is there any other candidates for a young version a younger version of Grandma Death in the box that we've missed, you think? Any other characters that might be? Well, she would only be ten years younger. That's why. That's that's, yeah. the, that's the, my question. You know, but 
I think she is in that photo. I really do. I bet if we really looked at it, she's in that photo wearing the same cardigan. Because I caught it for a second. I wish I would have paid attention sooner. But, you know, she's still got the curl roller hair. Like, I think she's implied for sure. Not to mention the illustrations from her book are here. So she has some presence. Well, she she could have... I mean, I'm curious what uh, the professor says in Darko. If he does say the year... She taught school because maybe she taught school. It's on in the, the picture late 40s. frame. I know that yeah. it says class of, and she's in it. And this was kind of the last thing she did before, right? You know, uh, that's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, she's a major player. I feel like, and so, I kind of super respect that. Sorry, go. We now know that this man is—it's just his body being used. So this is not Arlington Stewart, right? Uh, this is another entity. Mm. And so do they make it seem like it's uh, extraterrestrial? Yeah, because like isn't that the thing? That Mars. he was exposed to some... He Mars thing? Lightning. Yeah. Oh, he got, uh, yeah, yeah, he got struck by lightning. Uh, he was struck by lightning and then this happened to him. Right. I mean, what would happen to you if they're, they are experimenting on fluid karma... What would we know that because the fluid karma station that Justin Timberlake guards in Southland is always in the middle of some sort of vortex, kind of yeah. like the yeah. tornado over the town in Darko at the end. Yeah. So I feel like if your experiment, if he was on the construction side of fluid karma and the lightning struck, something like we're talking yes. about would happen. Sure. Also, he loves Sark, which is uh, the best part of this entire uh, character. The box kind of reminds me of Donnie's placebo and Darko, too, the psychiatric medication. Yeah. Which he, up until the very last act, is a part of the story. Yeah. Almost like the box doesn't matter, because they, they're faced with so many choices after pressing the box. Yeah, you know? the box is one of the smallest decisions that they have to make. Almost like, like a, like a, what do you call that thing to throw someone off, like a detective off the train? Not a MacGuffin, but a yeah. clue that leads you on an entirely different yeah. path, you know? Because did the box actually do anything besides what was already going to occur because of right. their travels through the time warps, you know? So what if it functions as, like, a Pandora's box? Or the jet engine. You know? Where you put an object into the thing to fix the timeline. Yeah. You know? Give, like, a rationale for what's occurred. Well, a, a false sense of, of free will. Yeah, what yeah, is true. the point of the box? Why is it given to them... To achieve all this madness, right. you know, why did almost like what's the goal of the uh, finding out whether or not they'll do it? Yeah, I like the false sense of free will idea because I feel that in Donnie Darko and in Southland Tales, a false sense of free will. Well, they they have that theoretical discussion, Donnie and the science teacher, where he's like, well, you know, in the existence of God, everything is set on a determined path. And then Donnie's like, what if I can travel within that path? And he's like, so you're saying that you're God, essentially, or you have the equivalent power to God. And, and implied in all of that is the illusion of free will, you know. Can we, can we get a little batshit and just, pre- you know, not presuppose, but think about Arlington Stewart being the God character that Donnie speaks of. Right. Uh, which is very unsettling. Yeah, because uh, it's an extraterrestrial, pretty much. Yeah. 
and that presence might already be inside people by the time you get to Southland Tales because that's why they're acting so weird yeah, <laughs> but the, yeah, but the apocalypse of Southland Tales. Everyone, it's just how everyone behaves normally. Yeah, they just the entire population goes batshit bananas. Yeah, no snowing. one in that movie is sane. <laughs> no one's having a normal conversation or a normal uh-huh. day. This is what it's like to live in South LA, and you know, it's take what two thousand six, I think. Southland Tales takes place. Yeah, two thousand eight, maybe. So they're going through the same situation that the family who we suppose was also given this option to press the button. But did they cause that family's issues? Because that's what we were shown. I think we're about to be given that information. Because he tracks down James Madston because he's the son of the dude that kind of was involved in the technology. So I think that... uh, I'm not sure... I'm sure it's in the material, but what if we know for certain that... uh, then press the button killed that. Killed we don't know if it did anything at all. Yeah. That's what's Is interesting. Is it a placebo to all this? Yeah. Like we're shown that we're shown that, but I think there might be room for uh, for you to assume that just because oh, yeah. like we're shown that doesn't mean that is what happened it's just what happened chronologically in the story. someone dies like every second on the planet right you know? well and according to Stuart's logic though because he when he sat down to tell them that their son is blind and deaf he says you know I had hoped for y'all I thought y'all weren't going to do it but you did it so now you have to do this so really how much of the box itself is into play as it is just Arlington Stewart choosing to like make people do this and shit. Is it, like, it's, he's testing them. Right. He's testing ultim- everybody. Like it's is it ultimately like a good or bad thing? Like do what the thing? good people oh, get wow. to live and not be a part of this? Like if she had not pressed the button, would they have been involved yeah. in all of this, or would they have been spared? Would they become employees? They would have been spared. Would they they well, because to follow the the line of logic, where possibly Arlington Stewart being the god figure that Donnie Darko talks about, I mean, he's literally testing people and deciding their life or condemnation based on that, and I, that's a very god thing so to do. Yeah, to the idea of that character is involved in the Darko's life is just so right. creepy and awful uh, and impactful. But I think it might. I'm going to be surprised if that is in the film yeah. in Darko. I think Arlington Stewart comes to the last family just like he does this family and says, okay, you've pressed the button, mm-hmm. your daughter's in a bathroom, blind and deaf, and he chose his daughter over his wife. Um, just oh like God. we're... This is a devastating scene. Uh, uh, yeah, here we go. So we see another couple struggling over whether or not they're going to press the button. Which are meant to assume is happening simultaneously with the scene. That's what we're told is occurring. did happen automatically like we were wondering whether or not yeah. it was yes. a, an automatic thing or if it was we've seen twice now that, that it happened an, automatically yeah. 
so we don't know. Do we know who pressed the first box? The, no. So, I don't think so is it just you press the button and you die? Because there's a thing of like it kills Basically. someone you don't know, and the question of do you know yourself is very stark in the that's, whole thing. That's right. interesting. You know, and everybody has their doubles for sure. Because it is the the wife the, in the first box. The wife is the one to press the button, and she is the one who has to die. Cameron Diaz's character pushed the button and is the one who has to die. Right. Huh. And now the new family that we yeah. saw. Also the wife, though. Why is it always the wife? It is. It, yeah, it's the burden is put on the wife. Yeah. Is it the same box, you think? Do they take one box to the next house? No, they showed he had a bunch of boxes. But I think he said those all out simultaneously is what I got from that. Uh, I, I could be completely each wrong. Each one has a, a specific chain. Interesting. Yeah, or is it a different box? Maybe this is sequential. And it's just one box after the other. Where do you throw away such a thing? It must not be safe to throw away in a trash can. No. You have to just, it's like eat cartridges, dispose of the box properly. Yeah, because what about when it ends up in the landfill and something just like repeatedly pressing like it? Like a raccoon or something? Yeah. Well, don't they find a box in the forest? Is that the. That sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. You say it in this film or one of the other films? Yeah. We were talking earlier about uh, him writing poems, and that is about a box in the forest. Is probably what it was. So right, it okay, does exist. Okay, okay. I was thinking of something. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, no, that's the main plot line of Holtz is Shadow Bus character finds okay. the box, they press it, uh, or it opens up, or something. Yeah. It's like his. It's his descendant's treasure that he <laughs> finds accidentally. So James Madsen gives the, the foot as a Christmas gift. Frank gives the button as a Christmas gift. What is, does he give anyone anything? James Madsen. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, uh, Cameron Diaz. Sorry, He's Cameron Diaz foot. give a gift to anybody. I don't recall. We're just Cameron Diaz in a box of her own that she's giving to someone. And he's just making his rounds. Yeah, he's just a regular day. They're all neighbors. They're just going from sides. house to house. He's just walking down the street. <laughs> so weird. What a weird shot for him to turn towards the camera. Yeah. Why? Well, it's the second time he does that too. He looks I know. The screen. Yeah. James Marsden's going to jail for shooting his wife. Did we find out if the son got his hearing and sight back? Yeah, because he opens the door. And he's fine. Yeah. This totally. next shot is very upsetting to me. Is this Don? <laughs> uh, he's living with a fake family. Uh, they're like, yeah, I feel like 10 years old. Did they show who the actor was? Because Donnie's dad is in this. So yeah, so really, saying, yeah. it is him. Oh, it is him. God. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. No shit. That was definitely uh, Holmes Osborne who plays Donnie's dad, so that might be Donnie. Holy is the box, shit. Is the box Donnie's grandparents? Okay, well, we will. If you've listened so far, this far in, we're going to discover very soon I think how we feel about that yeah because that's a bananas thing that I've never heard in my life yeah you know 
Uh, well, and he's wearing the same shirt Donnie wears throughout <laughs> the, the entire film. movie. Oh my god, yeah, totally. Yeah, so we might have <laughs> we cracked, cracked something. The couch. Couch. Okay, we okay. might have, we'll but know if this hear, podcast gets deleted. Well, what, when the shot is going through the window, his face is definitely obscured, so he did it on purpose, but they show just enough to oh. where you're like, that's his eyes, because I know that actor's eyes. Oh my god. Do we want to take like a yeah, small, we're, we're taking a small, small break, break here? Now. Yeah, we're going to take a break and. Um, I guess pause it on here too? Or you yeah, we're going to. Keep your thoughts for You could be watching this in three segments. You could just save it. If you're not down for the whole thing, you could. Yeah. We could say goodnight to you now. I think I might even break it up into three segments. Yeah. So. so we'll see I'll you save it as three different wave time. formats. Yeah, so we'll see you on the next movie, which is Donnie Darko. This was uh, The Box. And we're going to move on to the next one. See you later. Have your DVD player set to the play screen, and we'll click play together.